Hello everyone, once again it's Flobo Voice and you're tuned in to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. This is the show where either we take a look at what's going on in the world inside us and we try to recontextualize that for our own creative endeavors or like today we sit with people who are actually doing it, who are actually building a platform from themselves and really dive into what made them make the jump and how that journey is affecting them both physically, mentally, and as a professional. Uh, as always, I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast episode and other uh, podcast episodes. And as for me, I'm building the little empire on my own. I uh, launched a second podcast, a sister show uh, to this podcast and my semi multiple time a week <laughs> blog called What's Up Flobo. Uh, the show is called What's Up Flobo after hours whereas the classic show takes a look at what's happening with me personally like things i've seen or things i noticed more like musings uh what's up global after hours is a video podcast that streams live on mondays uh right here on youtube or wherever you're streaming this episode of new amsterdam radio because there's also an audio component as well. What's up, Flobo After Hours kind of takes more of a look at what's happening in the news uh, and my perspective on it. So it's kind of a fun thing for me, a departure in that way, to really get down personal about my opinions of what's happening in the news today. So what's up, Flobo After Hours? Check it out. Uh, it's available in audio versions, on Spotify, iTunes, all that, and uh, on YouTube and Twitch streaming. But it's not about that show, it's about this show. On today's episode of New Amsterdam Radio, I finally got the chance to sit with Josh Rodriguez, which if you guys follow this guy on social media, he has to be one of the hardest working guys out there in the game. I have a lot of hardworking people on the show, but there's no one I can think of that does it with such laser focus. Like here is somebody that knows what he's about, knows his niche, knows where he's from, and he puts 194.75% into <laughs> everything he does. Uh, I came across his podcast, uh, The Dime, about a year after uh, we worked together on a project. And uh, we'll talk about that in our little interview coming up in a second. And it's just so funny how even though I've gone my direction and he's gone his direction, we always seem to cross paths. And so the conversation with Josh was was pretty cool. Uh, I want you guys to take a listen. Let me know what you think. NewAmsterdam.com, that's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. Uh, all the other episodes are there, archived for you to listen at your leisure. So without further ado, Josh Rodriguez with The Dime. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio. It's Flobo Boys, and I'm being joined by someone who was actually an inspiration when it comes to hosting, but we met in a weird situation that didn't even involve that. Give it up for J-Rod, Josh Rodriguez. How you doing, buddy? What's good, Flobo? It's nice to be talking to you, man. And that situation was very interesting. I was talking to a friend. They're like, this is kind of weird how you guys kind of came back around in each other's lives in some sort of way at least and uh, i'm happy to be talking to you yeah before we even get into that i mean the world is now opening they're now understanding what the j-rod brand is all about you know what i'm saying it's only a matter of time <laughs> for take it over what do you say so. what do you say in a nutshell like how do you describe all the things you do in like one little thing oh man it's really difficult because i'm in a lot of different areas so i have my own nba podcast i talk a lot of sports specifically the nba but like during the football season i do fantasy football stuff so I, I think I'm mainly a sports personality, but there's also a little kicker 
where I was on Straight Talk with Ross Matthews, which is a huge LGBTQ podcast, and I'm a straight guy. Yeah. But I became sort of like a straight ally, and you know that community knows who I am as well. So it's like I'm a sports personality with the kicker of being a huge advocate and ally of the LGBTQ community, which is something I I like to promote myself. So. It's it's very interesting. I don't know if there's a lane like that. Well, <laughs> well forgive my ignorance because I, I know you brought up a really cool thing. Yeah. Like, uh, as far yeah. as being an ally, is it something yeah. you have to do specifically, or just kind of like live your life by example? Like, is there like a thing? No, I think it's just live your life by example. I just think I had a unique unique space where I was given this platform as a straight guy to speak on an LGBTQ podcast and give my perception on issues coming from a straight man. Sure. Um, and then I had like this, you know, I had fans coming my way because they liked my perspective and. You know, I, I think I was, I wouldn't say one of the few straight vo- uh, straight sports voices to talk on the issues, but, you know, you don't really get that a lot in that community. Um, so, you know, I, I advocate a lot for the community. I, I you do what I can, and I, I think it's a very rare space. Yeah. Not so much being an ally, but being someone who's, like, so sports-centric and at the same time having that as part of their brand. Did you ever see yourself as being a sports broadcaster? Yeah, I actually, that's that's something I wanted to do. I love sports. I wanted to do play-by-play. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to do that anymore. But I definitely always saw myself in the sports community doing something around basketball. Basketball's my favorite sport, but something along those lines, yeah. yeah I, that's crazy, because a lot of times, I've, 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 the, the one sports broadcaster, it's called sports broadcaster that I got across to, was always like, yeah, I like sports, but I kind of fell into it. I was a war correspondent, or, you know? Like, I, did, I, did, I did fashion, and yeah. it came into sports, so it was pretty cool. Uh, why was it basketball, man? Of all sports in the world, why did that one speak to you? There's courts everywhere. You know, it's very easy to fall into uh, the culture of basketball, the game of basketball, and fall in love with it. Um, when I grew up, the Knicks were good. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> long time ago. You get in the uh, porch so and sip lemonade and tell yeah. the stories of the Knicks being good. Back in back in my day, <laughs> the Nets were in Jersey. Starks. The Nets were in Jersey, and Ewing and Starks win the playoffs every year. Yeah, it, um, but yeah, it was just easy to fall in love with, and you know, I've I've always been naturally athletic, so it was just an easy way to make friends, and I fell in love with the game. Did you play too? Yeah, I played. I mean, I wasn't that good. Uh, I played in high school. I played club ball in college, but I wasn't anywhere near professionally good. Oh, what you play? I'm just curious. What point? What position? Yeah, I was a point guard. Okay, calling the shots. Okay, <laughs> give yeah. it up. Uh, but, yeah. but let's let's talk about how we met because this to me is a really cool story. Um, I you know I am I'm a comedian, but emceeing and, and DJing is what I do uh, for my income and all that. And I got uh, hit up by Matt Bois at uh, Hollywood Art Movie Awards, I think it was called. And he was, like that. he was looking for a, a host, and I said, oh, he pitched. Granted, he pitched to me like it was going to be like the Oscars, right? So I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> I'll do it. I'm like, you know, I went I went down to the Caribbean to see my mom uh, in January. I had this giant bushy beard. I shaved it off because it was going to be my night. Bought a new suit and I rolled there, and it was an award show. Yeah, uh, I think I performed for like sixteen people tops, <laughs> you know. But I had to give everyone the whole show because I'm a firm believer in that. Someone books you, give them the whole show. But you were doing the photography and videography there, were you that night, or was it photography only? I, I was interviewing. So a funny thing about that is that he hit me up um, to, to for your position first, and I was like, I, 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 yeah, I would absolutely do it. Not really sure if I'm going to be in uh, California that weekend, and then. Um, I guess he met you because the next time I talked to him, he was like, I got a host. I got a host. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but he's like, I still want you involved. And I was like, okay, cool. So what do you need? And he's like, um, I need someone who's going to interview, uh, I guess, the the nominees and the winners. Yeah. On the Because we had a little bit of a red carpet. Was it like, it wasn't like, a carpet, yeah. dude. Just to say what no, it is. it wasn't. It was red it was plastic just... paper on the floor. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> so I, I ended up 
being um, the interviewer, so you were hosting, and then after you finished your thing, I would start interviewing them on on the red plastic. And, <laughs> yeah, I, it was cool, man. Yeah, and uh, is that the first time you worked on an award show? Like, is that uh... that's the only time? I mean, I I know that, um, and, and I guess we'll get into this later. We're both connected with AfterBuzz TV, but I've never done any red target stuff for them. Um, so that was really the first time I ever did that, and it was it was fun. I, I had a good time, man, and I thought you did a great job. I thought you killed it. You were you were really good. So I appreciate that. Looking like, back, yeah, looking back on it, it's it's still cool. Like you could put that on your resume that you hosted an award show. That's dope. Oh, it it all worked out in the end. But that first half yeah. an hour was like, uh, okay, whew, get in there, you know, yeah. be present, get in the moment. Uh, but yeah. let's talk about After Buzz TV. Uh, we had a couple hosts from After Buzz TV on the show: like Leslie Colon, uh, Jamie Alexander, Jackie Ray. Uh, it's funny how so many people who are working. In grinding in this industry whether on their own or with another company pass through afterbuzz it's like the six degrees of separation with kevin bacon over there <laughs> but let's just give a background like what what shows did you work on and like how'd you build your name over there so afterbuzz was interesting they were someone who i contacted before i came to california looking for a job and i um applied um and i got an email back from hr which which i know now is roxy <laughs> right she was basically she was basically just like um you have to live in los angeles uh, in order to be an AfterBuzz host, and I was like, "Oh no!" I, I lied. I, I email back. I was like, "Oh, I live in Los Angeles. Like, I'm just on vacation." Like, I just basically lied, and then got into an orientation. That's how I got into AfterBuzz. I ended up moving to California. It was it was a long story. Um, yeah. But I got here, and I, you know, it's weird. I didn't do many after shows. Um, but what happened was, I ended up being an engineer for AfterBuzz. I was an engineer for about a year. Oh, really? And yeah. And during that time. Um, Kevin, Kevin Undergar, Undergar, like I guess the CEO of AfterBuzz, he wanted to do an AfterBuzz sports type network, and he put me and two other girls in charge of building that. So that's mainly what I did. I did like a rush hour after show, like a show that no one watched. I did like this coupled after show, which was like a Bachelor ripoff, and then I was <laughs> a panelist on BHL Sports Weekly. That was my main thing. Like every Thursday, Sports Sports Weekly on BHL. Yeah. Um, Black Hollywood Live for those who are not familiar. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, then I just uh, built up AfterBuzz Sports. We did a NBA playoffs after show, which was dope. I mean, we did it like at 11 o'clock Pacific time, and we would have like 60, 70 people in the chat. And for those of you who don't know, like AfterBuzz stats, but like, you know, an average after show when I was there would get like maybe like, I don't know, like four to 12 live people in the chat if you're lucky. Fair. The ones I'm sure I'm sure I'm the ones that you do. I'm sure get like. Uh, wrestling is a little no, no wrestling is like no? 20 25 to 40 a bachelor gets like 1100 people in the chat sometimes yeah bachelor's ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we were get we were pulling like 40 50 people at 11 o'clock pacific time so um it was cool like trying to build that up and you know long story short uh ended up folding they laid off all the part-time engineers which included me because i wasn't full-time and just a few things happened where I was just like, you know, nothing against after buzz, but it was something that jump started my career and I was just ready to move forward and, and go forward with the connections that I've made through after buzz, including like Ross Matthews and, and, and other things. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about Ross Matthews, man. How did that get yeah. to work? Like you had your talent, your raw talent, your willingness to, to move to California on a whim. You got your, your reps in an after buzz, but what's that bridge between you and meeting and working with Ross Matthews? So Ross used to do his podcast at AfterBuzz, and being an engineer, uh, the guy who used to—I don't know if you know who uh, Zach is—but he was—he's an old en engineer. Zach was before my time. When I was yeah. there, there was the other Steve. Phil had left the week I got on. <laughs> so, oh wow! So yeah, like he was. Where I was Phil Svidtech, which you check out his podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, I was in his last hosting class. Like I graduated the Sunday, and he left the really? Thursday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Phil. I, I like Phil a lot. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so I replaced him as I replaced an engineer to be on Ross. I, it was just a stroke of luck. They needed someone to replace. I was a new one. They thought my personality fit and that Ross would like me. So I ended up being the engineer. Was it true? Ross, Did he like you at first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't true. It was so, like, this jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so what ended up happening was um, Ross is very in, uh, interactive with his fans, especially at that time at AfterBuzz. And slowly but surely, like he would ask me a question and I would answer he would ask me another question, I would answer. Then I would get like a larger role on the show, and the fans got, they, they were asking more about me. So I ended up being a quasi personality on the show as well. Like they started to ask questions about me. I started to have my own segment. You know, it happened over a period of time, but, you know, I became a personality essentially. And then when I got laid off at AfterBuzz, it was around the same time Ross was leaving AfterBuzz, and he liked me enough to keep me around. So I started working for Ross independently. Was that sit down of what's going to happen next was that like a oh hell yeah i'm with you or was it like oh man this is a jump this is like a not an environment that used to like how did you process the getting the call actually to go with ross so i was planning on moving back to new york um what happened was coincidentally you mentioned phil phil had a meeting with me um and phil was pushing me to work with ross because they just laid me off and phil was like you know i feel like you're someone who you know, fails. I never, I've never, I don't know why I remember him saying this specifically, but he's like, I feel like you're someone who, even if they fail, that they fail upward. True. And he's like, I think you'd be perfect for the show. Um, I'm going to try to find a way for you to keep, you know, produce, producing the show and engineering the show. And, um, you know, it didn't work out contractually because I wasn't able to engineer while not being employed by Afterbuzz. But the fact that Phil kind of, you know, um, saw that in me and tried to work it out that way, I'll, I'll always have love for Phil. Yeah. Um, and Ross kind of felt the same way because I had a similar conversation with Ross. And I, I was contemplating moving back to New York, and I ended up not doing so, and I was all about it, man. True. I, the reason why I'm picking your brain about that is that a lot of times, us as creatives, we have this idea we want to see work, but we have these other real-world limitations. So I have kids, or right. I, I, I only have two hours of sleep before my, my normal job, but there's always a bit of us going... All right, dang it, we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> so this is right. see how like you decided to make that shot happen. Whether or not it worked out or not, it was cool to see, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so speaking about that, what about your empire, right? The Dime? What? Yeah. Cartoon versions <laughs> of you and logos? <laughs> Care to expound, good sir? <laughs> yeah, so the Dime is, I, I mentioned in the beginning how I wanted to be in the sports world, but I realized very quickly that I didn't really have much to show for it. Like, I wanted to be in the NBA world, but I don't have much footage of me talking NBA basketball aside from BHL Sports Weekly. And I wanted to have a more serious-toned podcast where I can give my takes and I can show my personality. So I just started a basketball podcast called The Dime. And it, I wouldn't say it took off, but I have a decent uh, a decent fan base, I would say. I mean, it's nothing too impressive, but I get maybe like 100 plus downloads uh, an episode, and you know, it's it's something that I basically started because I wanted to get in the sports world, and it was the only way I knew how to do it was just create content myself, sure. it, which is what I recommend to anybody. If you want to get into a specific area, just start creating content on yourself because if you're waiting for someone to present you with an opportunity, you're going to be waiting for a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please give me a <laughs> shot. I think Alec yeah. Baldwin said there's like no showbiz police that's going to go into your house. I'm like, excuse me, do you want to become famous? Right. Follow me. Right. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm glad you're... <laughs> <laughs> no one Thanks else for is... asking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wh what about your fan base? I mean, I, I know I am not quite advanced. Like, my podcast yeah. gets sized numbers as I eat dime levels. But how do you uh, yeah. foster a community between fans? If people all like you, how do you keep them engaged while you're making content to have them evangelize for you to make more people uh your fans you know podcasting is very difficult and i i know you can definitely speak to this you know it's not only 
getting the guest and recording the episode, that's the easiest part. It's afterwards. You have to edit it. You have to market it. You have to promote it. You have to get pe- – like it's just so much you have to do. And I think I developed a nice little um, rhythm where you know, I'm able to edit. I'm able to produce um, graphics such as audiograms or quote cards to promote my show. Uh, I think picking your guest wisely is very, very important because if you pick a, someone who is – you know, influential in the basketball sphere, then they're going to listen to your podcast. Their fans are listening to your podcast, and then your audience grows from there. Sure. So I think I think uh, having certain people on as guests has helped a lot. Um, the fact that I was on Ross Matthews' show too. I mean, a lot of people don't think that the LGBTQ community cares about basketball, but some of them do. Like some of my listeners are people who crossed over from Ross Matthews, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so it, it's. It's it's tough. I mean, growing your audience is not easy. You have to be consistent. If you really, if you're going to do a podcast weekly, make sure you do it weekly and do not miss any weeks because people are just going to tune you out after a while. So stay consistent and just, you know, just promote your stuff whenever you can. I wonder if the dime pops off the way you want, right? Let's say it becomes the biggest thing on the planet, and someone comes to you and like, oh, I want to get in the J. Rob business. What else you got? Like, what else are you working on to like have a compliment to that currently? That's a good question. Uh, currently, I'm not really doing much. I mean, I, I do a lot of different things. Like, I had a boy band podcast. We talked about pop music before. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, me and my friend Mike Zaki, yeah, we ended up doing a boy band co- podcast, like, dedicated to boy band culture. You think um, you know someone, then bam. <laughs> like, yeah, what kind of boy I, bands? Like, international boy bands? 90s boy bands? No, Just... like, it was, like, 90s. It was, like, the era of, like, the late 80s to the 2000s. Um, wow. It's called New Pod on the Block. If anyone listens to it, the episodes are evergreen. They're not timely, so you can listen to any episode at any time. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I, to be honest with you, like sports-wise, I don't know if I have anything outside of the dime. I do work with Uninterrupted, which is LeBron James's company, but that's as a producer. Yeah. Uh, so maybe something will stem from that. But as of right now, like the dime is pretty much what I'm doing from a sports perspective. Uh, maybe when football season comes around, I'll host for a fantasy football network. I've done that the past three years. I'm still on New Pond, the block. That That's crazy. Like, Because <laughs> I, I used to work for a DJ company, and a, yeah. a multi-up company, and one of the guys that was DJ was in a boy band, a Filipino boy band, in the back in the day called Interlude. And uh, his claim to fame is that he opened up for NSYNC. And it's like... <clears throat> the way he talks about it, it's like, yeah, it happened last week. But I thought, like, you got to be some kind of large. <laughs> if you can mention a band 20 years ago, and people go, oh, yeah, insane. Not like, who? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's that's crazy. I, I Wow, I'm, I'm, you blew up my nose, bro. <laughs> like, how did it come about? You know what we need? There's not enough podcast content for, for boy band. You in? Yeah, bro. <laughs> but that's what kind of happened. Like, so I posted a story. You know how people put songs on their Instagram stories? Yeah. I posted a, a song called When the Lights Go Out by this group Five on my Instagram story. Wow, Five? Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my friend Mike commented on it, and I'm the type of person, if I get an idea, I run with it. Like, I will take it to the furthest extent possible. And I was like, we should do a podcast about it. He was all about it, and I don't know if you realize how serious I was, but within the next month or so, we were organizing it. I announced it on Straight Talk, uh, and all the Straight Talkers thought it was a great idea. So I got a lot of crossover. That... Coincidentally enough, that's the probably most popular podcast. Not probably. It is the most popular podcast that I started myself, which was New Pod of the Block. Oh, man. Happy yeah. accidents, man. Easy. Yeah, easily the most popular podcast. Things you fall into. Like, I, I feel the same yeah. way, too. Like, I never, I thought I was going to be the After Buzz. Go back to the After Buzz real quick. When I, when I signed up, I wanted to be a long-form interviewer. That's the thing I wanted to learn because I had this maybe funny dream of owning or running my own late-night variety show. Late-night show. Do it, man. Called Flopito you, Tonight. You still do it? 
I can still do it. But it alternates between like dream with effort and pipe dream do something else, right? It's it's that thing. It's like the giant. It's a whale, you know. (laughs) I get it, man. Yeah, just kind of first with you. But but when I realized, I kind of fell into wrestling because I liked wrestling, but there really wasn't anyone that was new that had that energy level, like someone who could mark out on camera. I feel like a lot of wrestling fans know it's fake, so they try to like front and be like, this is not impressive. I hate it because of the be really technical. You know how in sports, yeah. there's that one guy yeah. who just throws at you sports center stat lines. Like, bro, did you like the game though? Well, you know, 4.5% of the field and it's a WAR. It's just, shut up! <laughs> did you like the game? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I, and I feel like wrestling fans too are too critical. They're like, well, you know, I don't like this result because like, if you're going to build him up like, for, for a few weeks and you have him lose the way he lost, it's like, dude, just enjoy the show. Right, like, man. I, I feel like you just get, they get way to consume the character development, which I understand is important. Yeah. But I remember, like, like when I, I, I don't watch wrestling anymore, but I used to, like, I just wanted to watch a cool match. True. And, like, see Book, and see Booker T, like, do the razor roof thing with the explosions in that background. Like, that's all I wanted to see. That's what I'm <laughs> saying, dude, because when I was a kid, no one cared about the depth of Tatanka. He was a Native American. The <laughs> end. Uh, but but on, on camera, like, there's, there's very few of us that can do that and mark out and be like, what a cool move, or be, right. be okay with being that person. I think After Buzz kind of took to me with that. And so, so I understand I'm falling into something. I didn't plan to do Star Trek or, or what have you. It's just the way it is. So that was my new pot on the block, which is me doing these wrestling shows. But if you look at me now, I'm almost like almost associated with that exclusively. It's like, dude, I thought you were the wrestling guy. And yeah. it's like, no, nah, I'm a stand-up comic that can't get booked. But I'm a stand-up comic and I'm working on things right. And, right. and everything else. But let me ask you, what is your whale? Like, what is the, the, that, that big dream, pipe dream, I can do this, no, I can't, thing that always uh, attacks you, your subconscious? I kind of want to show the Colin Coward show where he's just kind of sitting <laughs> talking sports opinions, but I want it to be more fun, more silly, and more lighthearted. I'm a very goofy person by nature, and I think sports should be fun. I think it's kind of how you look at wrestling, too, like someone who's able to mark out and just you know, enjoy the game or, or the match for what it is. So I, that's something that I would like to do is host some type of show where it's revolving around sports, but it's also like fun. It's very interactive with the audience. Like it's a community around it. I don't. I don't want to be someone who's just like, here are my opinions and worship what I say. Right. I kind of want like a an interactive show where it's like, yeah, I'm getting my fans involved. They're calling in. Like we're having contests. Like I'm interacting with them on social media. Just a community. So uh, a mixture of like Colin Coward mixed with like Sports Nation type of thing. I don't. I don't know. Something like that. In your opinion, is Colin Coward the goat? In my opinion, I think so for the simple fact that he can run his own show. Fair. Um, um, you may not always agree with his opinions, but I, I like how his brain works. I, I can see how he logically comes to his points, whether I agree with him or not, and I respect that line of logic. And I think that's something that is very hard to teach. I think you can, you can throw a topic at him, and he can talk about it for 10 to 15 minutes and give a coherent thought with yeah. the introduction and outro off the top of his head, and I don't think people realize how tough that is to do. Uh, the reason why I asked you about the GOAT question is that when when my buddies and I, our wrestling pundits, are talking about hosting, and we say, well, there really isn't someone like what we do, we always pull from like two or three inspirations, and that is uh, Simon Miller, who's at What Culture, he's a, a wrestling thing. It's awesome. Yeah, oh, you let's, up, let's up those downs, baby. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go. I'll tell you why, uh, and, and, and Colin Coward, only because you're right, he's a guy that can, can he controls the pace, and you're, you're entering his world when you jump in there, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad there's, like a, there's a parallel there. Um, but yeah. I want to say, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show, I appreciate it, man, you're just like a wealth of knowledge and tactics, which is super important for those of you out there trying to make that 
get a jump in their own creative space. Tell the world what you're working on next and where they can find you online, good sir. So you can find me on all social media platforms at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. My podcast, The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, is all is on all podcast platforms. You just type in The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. It'll come up. And that's on social media at The Dime NBA. I am planning on having my first episode in a while next week. So you're joining at the right time if you're subscribing now. Um, you know, right now I'm working at Uninterrupted as a podcast producer. I produce Austin Rivers podcast, Go Off. So I highly suggest you download that. And I was the producer of Certified Buckets with Nick Young, Janeo Bumake, and Sharonis Jackson. And apparently they're talking about season two coming up pretty soon. So stay tuned for that as well. Like I said, man, it's it's always fun to see and hear so many different creatives approach the same problems in their own different way. And that is, how do I grow? How do I improve? How do I build on something? Uh, how do I put that next brick on that foundation of success? And, and I've learned so much uh, from, from many people that have done the show. But Josh especially, man, he has the energy. It's very easy to become jaded on that path and that journey to success. But uh, you can tell that success is going to be just amplified a billion fold for Josh and the Dime. Uh, make sure you follow them if you have a chance. Uh, him personally and the Dime NBA podcast. I know I will. Uh, I'll be back next week. New Am Sam Radio is back every Thursday or Wednesday night, depending on what time you wake up or what time you're not having gone to bed. <laughs> and uh, my brand new podcast, Was Up Flobo After Hours, launched this week. That is airing between Monday and Tuesdays. Uh, check it out. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Check this podcast out. Tell a friend about it. Uh, and I will accept any and all commentary, positive or negative. That's how I grow. And I thank you for taking time out of your schedule to spend some time with me. Until next time, as always, this city is yours.